Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by my company, Bull Realty, for asset and occupancy solutions. Give me a call or visit bullrealty.com. Well, we're going to talk about multifamily today, and I think a lot of people have always been interested, well, for many, many years in, in multifamily. It's been doing really quite well. And some people are a little concerned about the future of, of everything right now, uh, naturally. But multifamily, some people say, hey, oh, there are some concerns with collections. You know, what are rental rates going to do? Uh, are tenants going to be able to pay? How's the economy impacting multifamilies so far? Another question people have is, hey, what, what are doing with what? What are transaction volumes? What what are prices like? Are things closing in the second quarter um, that shows? Hey, what what are apartment values? Should, what should we think moving forward? Please welcome my guest. It's Carl Whitaker, and he is manager of market analytics with RealPage. Carl, good to see you again. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Michael. Hope all is well. Good to hear from you again. Thank you. Well, my first question, I guess, Carl, is is really about you know rental rates. Uh, you know, the natural thought pattern, I think, would be you know with a lot of the job losses and things we have that it would really impact you know asking rents and, and occupancy. Uh, what do you see? Can we look at the country overall? Yeah, it's a good question, and um, really, just the 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 key takeaway that we've seen thus far is that. As you pointed out, or as you would expect, rental rates have compressed, occupancies dropped a little bit, but considering the scale of economic shifts going on, how many emails over the past few months have we received that said in these unprecedented times, and that's that's true, you know, it truly is unprecedented economic challenges, but in terms of pricing, in terms of um, occupancy, we haven't seen massive shifts, at least at the national level, um, looking at new leases, looking at those executed rental rates, they're about where they were the same time last year, maybe up a percent or so. Uh, lease renewals, about flat, not a whole lot of change there. And while occupancy did fall about 20 basis points during the quarter, which is a little concerning considering this is typically the point of the year that occupancy surges, um, it was a little disappointing to see that 20 basis point pullback. But again, considering that some 40 plus million jobs have been either temporary or temporarily or permanently furloughed, you know, a, a 20 basis point pullback isn't necessarily um, as, as doom and gloom as some would have feared. Yeah. 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 I, I agree with you. What about collections? Uh, Carl, you guys uh, tracked that pretty well. How has that gone through the second quarter and, and how did it go for uh, uh, July? We're now into uh, the beginning of August here. We actually just had some data sent to us, um, updated as of late last week that showed some July numbers. And again, kind of the similar story on rents and occupancy. Things have cooled back a little bit, but considering how much they could have, um, there hasn't been a, you know, a whole lot of cause for concern there. I believe the, the end of July collection statistics are going to come in about 95%. That's about 2% lower than it was the same time last year. So obviously you never want to see that number go down and you would love to see it as a hundred percent. But even this time last year, when things were chugging along just fine, you know, there was still a, a four to 5% miss on those collections. So things have pulled back a little bit. Um, there's some markets where you see a little bit more of a drastic challenge and really those markets tend to be the gateway areas. So looking at New York, LA, Boston, San Fran, 
um, in addition to some of the markets that have an over-reliance on the tourism industry, so Vegas, Orlando, um, some of those small coastal Florida markets, collections are a little bit um, thinner there, which I think makes sense just considering the, the scale of layoffs is impacting those areas a little bit more substantially. Yeah, and that when you think about cities like New York and Orlando and Vegas, and, and you put those into the average mix, uh, you kind of expect those those markets to get hurt pretty badly, um, but to drop from 97% last year um, to now 95%. I mean that 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 seems to bode well for for multifamily uh, as as a sector, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It, it shows that there's a lot of good tailwinds. Now, the, the expiration of the CARES Act, which I believe expired on July 31, that's going to have, you know, pretty big implications for what happens with collections in the next few months. Now, I'm not sure what the finalized um, the finalized enhanced employment benefit package that gets put together over the coming months. I'm not sure what that looks like, but should that unemployment benefit start to uh, pull back a little bit. There may be, you know, slightly fewer collections, particularly in the more affordable apartments, um, you know, looking at Class C apartments. But I think overall, just again, the fact that you've had 40 million plus layoffs and collections are still hovering about 95%. I mean, what a what a great industry to be a part of because compared to some of the other industries where you may be missing out on a tenant for for a year plus, if not longer. Yeah. I mean, it sure uh, must make your job very interesting when you think about trying to forecast uh, in an environment like this. You know, people, a lot of people are more at home. They're more in their apartments, right? Almost in some cases, it puts more emphasis on the importance of getting their rent paid. Yeah, for sure. And and it's funny you mentioned forecasts because they've been challenging over the past few quarters. It's uh, the, I've heard the expression before. It's like trying to eat Jello with chopsticks. It's just <laughs> it's hard to get your hands around it, and it's it's tough. But um, you know, I think I think looking at some of these uh, recent um, evolving trends, where again we see that new lease signings are at least returning back to last year's mark. Demand is apparently starting to improve a little bit. I think all that points to some challenges ahead, but again, maybe not quite as many as what we would have initially feared, say back in March or April. Yeah. What about tenant traffic, Carla? Uh, is that picked up a little bit uh, or is it da- still down? And is it a lot, is a lot of this traffic online now? Yeah, the traffic depends on the market. You know, there's some markets that are still seeing a little bit weaker traffic than what they would have seen the same time last year. Uh, but generally speaking, those markets are few and far between. Overall, we've started tracking some different data points that we're currently working on putting into our, our uh, multifamily product. But two of those metrics that we've begun tracking are year-over-year change in website traffic. In other words, how many people are visiting these actual apartment websites versus the same time one year ago. But perhaps even more telling is the guest card creation metric that we've begun tracking, which that can be a virtual guest card. It can be an in-person guest card. But just in other words, what's a proxy for how many people are actually shopping? And what we saw was March and April, a big pullback in the number of people shopping for apartments, something like 50% fewer than the same time last year. But over the past two months, we've actually seen a year-over-year increase of about 10 to 15%. And what's interesting is that increase in 
traffic is actually translating to about the same volume change in the number of new leases being signed. So to me, that indicates not only are people shopping for apartments, but they're serious shoppers. You know, you've got people that aren't necessarily poking around for a move next year. They're looking at a move in the next 30 to 60 days. So I think that's a good sign for demand. As we go through the end of the year, it's likely that we'll see traffic start to ease as, as it typically does with the holiday season. And, you know, just the cold winter months, it's hard to move if you're in a market like Boston or New York. Um, you know, I guess you and I have a little bit of a different perspective because December might be the time of year to move in Atlanta or Dallas, but um, some of these colder markets, you tend to see less traffic in the winter months, but yeah. especially with the holidays and everything. Sure. So. Well, Carl, as these tenants are uh, moving um, and the demand from tenants, are you seeing any trends related to the size of the apartments or any of these tenants kind of moving towards larger units? It's, that's a question we've had to come up a couple times, and I think it's still a little bit early to say that this is a, um, an evolving trend, but what we can say is that over the past month or so, we have seen a little bit more of a skew towards larger uh, floor plans. So, you know, perhaps a, a 500 square foot studio was in demand the same time last year. Maybe now you're looking at more signings on those 600 square foot one bedrooms. So I think the, the larger um, rooms are, or the larger floor plans are starting to see a little bit more traffic. I think I also might point to some doubling up of roommates. So perhaps if you've been laid off or if you don't feel good about your economic prospects over the next year, maybe you've moved in into a larger two bedroom with a roommate, whereas you were living in a one bedroom. Um, and by nature of that, of course, you're gonna be moving into a larger floor plan. So it's, it's a little bit early to say for sure whether this is gonna be a consistent trend, but we have seen the early glimpses that this is perhaps something that is gonna uh, unfold through the end of the year and into next. Okay, and I think another one of the questions uh, that a lot of people have on their mind today, Carl, is, is valuations. And, you know, there's been a uh, less transaction volume in, in every sector. But from what you've seen uh, in the second quarter on uh, multifamily sales, um, are you getting indication of any value adjustments or, or price per unit or cap rate changes? Uh, is there enough sales to kind of get an idea of that? Yeah, and it's, it's, it's one of those things, we were talking offline earlier, and it just it seems like there's always some disconnect between what buyers are asking and what sellers are willing to pay for. And, you know, that's going to be, that was that was an issue heading into March. That's going to be an issue moving forward. And when I say issue, it's just, you know, you, you want the best deal when you're selling, you want the best deal when you're buying. So what we have seen in some of the data that Real Capital Analytics provides to us is that uh, the number of transactions in the U.S. is down about 20% year over year. Uh, you had about 5,800 deals transact in the past 12 months. Again, that's down about 20%. Um, looking at the dollar volume, that has also come back or pulled back simply because you just have fewer apartments actually selling. But we have seen the price per unit continue to increase at about 10 to 11% over the past year. So that tells me that there hasn't necessarily been this big adjustment in the selling price, you just have fewer people out there shopping. So uh, cap rates are at 5.2% across the U.S., uh, a little bit lower in some of the gateway markets. But I think the, the, the real adjustment that I think we'll see is going to be in the near term, these gateway markets, because performance fundamentals are quite a bit weaker in your expensive 
Seattle, LA, San Fran, New York, Boston, et cetera, because performance fundamentals are weaker there, I think you will have to see prices start to pull back a little bit simply because the performance fundamentals aren't necessarily supporting um, increasing uh, price per unit in, in, in those areas. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I've seen the same thing from our group that sells apartments here in my shop. Uh, seems like there's still a lot of buyers and a lot of demand. And and as you were mentioning earlier, you know, I think a lot of people may consider multifamily really a, a pretty safe sector. Well, uh, Carl, what would you leave our audience with to think about related to kind of multifamily today and uh, and moving forward? Yeah, and and I actually like the way you you, you frame that there, Michael. Of you know, the apartments are in a pretty good space right now, and every sector is going to be impacted by the scale of economic shifts going on. But at the end of the day, you have to have a place to live, and that's either going to be in a single family residence or a multifamily residence. And I think for the for the near term, we're going to see pretty solid apartment fundamentals relative to other products classes. Now that doesn't mean that we're out of the clear yet and that suddenly apartments are going to return to three to 4% rent growth and occupancy increasing by half a percent every year. It's going to take some time before that happens, but looking at 2021, I think we'll see rents at their best at the national level, holding about where they were in 2020 Occupancy will probably pull back a little bit further. You know, there's still just some adjustments there to be made. But in the long run, and when I say long run, I'm looking at three to five years out, I think apartments are going to benefit from, or apartment performance rather, is going to benefit from the likelihood that construction activity will probably dip. And we've actually already seen construction activity start to pull back a little bit as financing dries up and we get a little bit more of a cautious approach um, as things stabilize, I do think that's going to benefit rent growth and occupancy in years three, four, and five of our forecast. So still a lot of unknowns out there. It's changing day to day. We'll keep updating these forecasts. But again, the the the, the prospects for multifamily look really good, I think. Yeah. Well, excellent. Carl Whitaker, Real Page. Thank you, sir, for joining us. Great information as usual. Thanks again. Always a pleasure. All right. Well, you know, one of the things that always impacts uh, the value of apartments and, and the performance is really leasing. And as and I've sold apartments through my, my career, one of the things I've always looked at when I look at an existing product, product property is how are they leasing units? How do they look? What's the, what's the setup? What's the marketing? Well, stay tuned. We'll provide some tips on leasing apartments. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Site selection, marketing, and property due diligence has just changed. Check out Vista Property Report slash CRE Show. That's Vista Property Report slash CRE Show. Use promo code CRE Show. You will love this product. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Would you like to be the top producing commercial broker in your office? Check out Michael Bull's video training. Since you're a show listener, you receive 10% off your first purchase. At checkout, use discount code CREshow visit commercialagentsuccess.com.
Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Check it out. It is the ultimate in video training for commercial brokers. It's CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Well, today we're talking about multifamily properties. And, you know, one of the things that you have to be real concerned with if you're involved in, in the multifamily industry is leasing. Uh, how are tenants treated or prospective tenants treated? Uh, how, what's their experience like? Um, I've sold a lot of apartments throughout my career. And one of the things I've always looked at is, hey, what is going on there? How easy is it for a tenant to, to find that the property's apartments are available? How easy for them to see the spaces? How are they treated? Are they treated like they appreci they're appreciated? Uh, if they do go on site, what's that experience like? What are they being shown? It is so important um, to, to how the property operates and how much demand uh, you get from tenants. Well, we have an expert for you today. Please welcome my guest. It's Karen Gladney, and she's co-founder of Power Pro Leasing. Karen, thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me, Michael. I'm super excited to be here. Well, Karen, I, I heard from a little birdie <laughs> that you recently went to a lot of apartment communities uh, to kind of see what the prospective tenant um, situation's like, kind of what you're seeing out there uh, as far as how these, these prospective tenants are being uh, treated and what their experience is, was, is like. What did you see? What did you find out? Yes, well, it, it's interesting. I went into it with a blank slate. I have to say that first. I didn't go in trying to uncover any one thing. I wanted to just truly experience what was what was happening on site. And I went all across the country from Atlanta, LA, even Milwaukee and Denver and DC and um, shot A plus uh, new construction leases because I felt like those were the ones that are usually our trendsetters, right? And would be the best ones to learn uh, from. I will say this, I and I love leasing teams. There's so much on them, there's so much to do. There were more mistakes and, and the experience wasn't as wonderful as I was hoping it was gonna be. And there are just a lot of opportunities. And I say that from my, um, what is that, the glass house, because I made all the same mistakes that I saw these leasing teams make. I came from the leasing floor, and so I am not throwing stones. Um, they, are, they are under a lot, but I think just pulling the, the curtain back to see what these opportunities were. So, you know, um, one of the things is, I think because of the stress that teams are under, whether it's the home office calling for the report, and why doesn't column A match um, Excel sheet number B or B and all this, um, I, they're under a lot of pressure. That I wasn't welcomed as kindly as I thought. And that happened almost pretty much right out of the gate. Like the first 10 properties, it did get better. Um, but I, I joked with a coworker, Michael, and I said, uh, I feel, I feel like I'm treated better for a one night hotel stay. <laughs> that I am going into these communities and being welcomed for what's gonna be my home for the next, at least probably year and more if they want me to renew. So that was that was a su surprise because the, it's a, you know positive people on the front lines. Uh, we, we hire the it factors, right? Yeah. Um, so, so that was a surprise. The other was that 46% of the time I was either turned away or I had to wait. Um, and, and let me tell you, I wasn't stealth when I walked in. 
Um, I had flip-flops on and I would clank around <laughs> so that people could hear me because I didn't want to try to prolong the waiting time. And um, so that was, that was also a bit of a surprise. Right. So the first thing you kind of noticed is you really, in most of the communities, you didn't, you weren't appreciated as a prospective tenant. You just didn't see the appreciation. The, it wasn't a warm welcome. Yeah, it wasn't a warm welcome. It grew because um, I, I went in friendly. I wasn't the crouchy, you know, grouchy uh, prospect. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I, and so they, they did, the teams all grew and, and, and were positive more towards the end. But yeah, the initial welcoming wasn't quite there. Okay, and so you mean it? They got better after it, at each community when you the, you were there. Okay, the longer so I was there. Okay, so it started off a little cold, yep. and then they warmed up. Right. And, and were most of all these leasing folks? Did, did you feel like they were they had the incentive? Um, they were incentivized, that they were well trained to to close you and get you to sign a lease. It's interesting. I know the companies that these teams work for, and I didn't go to more than one property per company. Um, I, I really also wanted to spread out the companies, and there are phenomenal training departments at these companies, and, and I know their training processes and their core values. Uh, I think, so I know they're trained. I think some of it, inspect what you expect, and the, and that's where your, te your team is gonna focus no matter what industry you're in. And when our regionals and home office are always calling and asking, why aren't you caught up on follow-up? Um, why didn't uh, this person lease? Instead of fueling and helping focus, gosh, how was your last um, tour? What were the exciting highlights from that last tour? And helping, helping fuel and focus perhaps on some of the positive that they really do want reinforced would help drive that focus, right? How much um, does it help to have a bonus or commissions for the leasing people and how much of that do you see? You know, I, I've talked to a lot of um, industry professionals and I know that different management companies have gone to um, formats where they were heavily incentivizing the commission and some that um, it's very, very nominal, right? And it's more of a base. And you see that across all industries. When, when you read the studies, it's the most common thing is that people aren't motivated by money most of the time. It's quality of life. It's how they're, how they're treated, even if that's subconscious. It's um, the recognition recognize the, <laughs> our teams in a positive way, thank them. Like you said, if I feel appreciated as a team member, I'm more likely to re reflect and portray appreciation for a customer coming in, right? Um, you know, start, start with your people, your core team, and how you treat them is how they'll treat others. Not to sound cliche, but it's, it's true. Um, so I, I believe it's more about your culture it's more about your, not that you can get away with not, you know, being competitive. You need to be competitive and um, money does matter at the end of the day, but uh, people will stick where they are appreciated, welcomed and recognized. Yeah, that makes sense. And what type of uh, technology uh, did you see used in the process? I mean, you've been doing uh, leasing for apartments, you know, for a very long time, and, and you, you've created the technology yourself that's working well. What did you see out there, and what are some of the uh, mistakes to avoid or, or, or kind of ideas 
uh, using technology to help you leasing? Yes, so you are correct. <laughs> I've been leasing for a long time. I go back to the um, rent roll days <laughs> and um, paper guest cards. So uh, I thought I was gonna come across more, um, more technology, to be honest. And I saw a lot of paper guest cards out there. Mm. And um, even beyond paper, while, while it's still paper, I saw a lot of sticky notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, those were the guest cards. And the filing system for the sticky notes was the um, perimeter of the computer screen. <laughs> so um, I, I will tell you from a data standpoint, happy hour is important and I know some of these teams leave for happy hour before getting all that data in there <laughs> and that hurts you on the operations side you need to know who's coming in the in the door and I would also say on that point careful of focusing only on closing ratios for your team because it doesn't motivate them to put in every single guest card um, and you need to know traffic you need to know total traffic Who's coming in? Even the quote-unquote looky-loos. That, that's still exciting. Marketing is generating that. So let's know. I would invite people to focus more on cumulative traffic um, and not only solely uh, closing ratios. Uh, but, but using technology, there's so much out there. Using technology for to support people in that discovery process, to support your leasing teams in the discovery process, is going to drive better data, more accurate data, and um, it's going to allow, there's a lot of platforms where the team can be mobile, so they can be more efficient with their time while not sacrificing best practices. I still believe you've got to discover and you've got to get that information, but um, not, not on a sticky note. Have a system that <laughs> supports the team better. Uh, so, so that's one, the waiting time that I mentioned, there's a bunch of technology out there and more accelerated now with COVID that supports self-touring and not sacrificing the experience. Make sure, you know, when you, you need one, you need to add that option. I don't care who you are. You've got to have touring options for prospects and, and then decide how that's, that experience is gonna be, whether it's self-tour, virtual, or agent-guided, a VIP agent-guided experience. People do still want that, um, but don't let the self-tour experience operate in a self-separate silo. Make sure that it's integrated. Make sure the team knows. I talked to an operator yesterday and they said, that they hadn't been able to find a self-tour experience where their team was in, involved um, and, and knew who was touring. So that's a huge one. And 73% of the time, Michael, I was sat across a big desk, okay? These are massive, beautiful desks, by the way, that are purchased for these properties. Um, th that could be a savings. I, it was an ocean between us, so huge barrier. And then these beautiful big Apple monitors that if there had been somebody with me, they would have had to peer around the screen just to see the leasing agent because it blocks. And with those big desks, guess where my back is as the prospect? Yeah. To the door, all the traffic. Now, Michael, when you go into a restaurant or a bar, do you choose the seat with your back to the door? No. No, of course you don't. That's not the power seat. So you sit where you can see what's going on, or they think they call it the mafia seat too. But let's let's go sit in the clock room spaces and let our 
prospects sit where they can see what's going on and and um, not this, this you know big um, clunky desk. So you know the waiting time can be reduced with the tour check-ins with self-tour options that still can be accompanied and followed up with an agent guided tour after and the desks can be still there but go discover do your discovery and you'll get more information by going with your prospect with a mobile app um, uh, leasing experience in the club room or get out on tour people are anxious to get and see right yeah yeah, that's a good point. Um, I went on a Class A apartment community recently um, that uh, we were uh, gonna, going to be taking out to the, to the investment sales market. And I went in there as a prospective tenant, and um, uh, it wasn't a very good experience. And there was absolutely no follow-up. You know, uh, yeah. There was no email, no call or anything to, to see if they could follow up and answer any questions or, or close me. Um, so you've got a, a system called powerproleasing.com. You've had it for 10 years. What's what's new? What 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 can people do with technology today that maybe they haven't thought about? Oh my gosh! I think I think so much. One out of any technology partner, demand integration um, because that's the only way that your team is going to have a seamless experience and they're not going to feel burdened by another system, right? Um, but with with technology you know, you can deliver customized, personalized um, uh, takeaways for prospects ra rather than something that's pre-done and pre-orchestrated. I work really hard, Michael, as a leasing consultant, right, to earn your trust, connect with you, show you that I add value. And if you then leave and I just send you a canned <laughs> um, email response that doesn't sound like I was part of that tour with you at all, I've lost everything I put into building that bridge of trust. Um, also, we spend, you know, 12, 15, $20 on um, brochures, which are great and they're tactile and it's important, but they're, they're already pre-done. When you tell me that you love to golf, um, I'm gonna, I wanna build you a brochure right on the spot that talks about the golf course that we're adjacent to. And when you tell me you love to um, kick off your day with Starbucks, I'm, I wanna tag that as part of the custom brochure experience. And when you love that certain view and the certain features, I wanna tag what's important to you, maybe even let you participate in um, building that brochure. So customizable technology allows us the ability to have very customizable experiences and again, offer up options to our prospects. Uh, thing that's missing, I think, is that, you know, in our industry, shiny object over here, oh, shiny object over here, I wanna do this. And all of a sudden you've got this bowl of shiny objects, but you really wanna first step back and think about, okay, how do I want the entire leasing experience to feel for like when you said, Michael, you went and, and had this experience the other day, it wasn't that great. Are, are our operators going through that? And what do they want to happen? And really training even the um, transitions, you know, we always all learned about those with our paragraphs in, in elementary school, but what is the transition from me greeting you to starting into the discovery or, or sending you out onto a, a self-guided tour and then greeting with you when you come back what's the full experience and where do where what are the right systems to pair in there 
I will also caution when you're talking about technology or anything, look for best in class. Not nobody, no one can be everything to everyone. And um, stop trying to make your vendors be everything to everyone because they're going to do a sh shoddy job at putting, plugging in another feature that, that isn't in their wheelhouse. Instead, let each vendor shine for you where they do at their best in class in products and have them you know, make sure they integrate and then deliver that stack to your onsite team. Yeah, and you have a lot of experience with the nicer class A apartment communities and those are the ones I love to sell to. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but a lot of our listeners also may have a B and C or some may have smaller properties. Are, is technology like powerproleasing.com, is that affordable? Does that work for, for older or smaller communities as well? Uh, absolutely. And, and the reason I believe that is because with, at least with PowerPro, PowerPro is based around best practices. So if you believe in best practices for the leasing experience in order to drive results, then whatever that system is, you want it on, on your site. And, um, you know, uh, management companies that manage a bunch of small properties too, uh, that can be challenging with some of these oper operating systems. And um, with PowerPro, you can jump around and serve all of those different property types. And I used to say this as far as, and I know this isn't technology, but I, I used to run into to new lease ups that didn't look as good as some 10 year old properties. If you're immaculate and you um, create an experience, which not to overuse that word, which I feel like I have now already, but um, if you're kind, all those controllable factors, being immaculate, um, treating people right, knowing your product knowledge, having the right people, um, being easy to find and having strong um, operational systems, you can compete against anybody. Uh, so there's a, there's a demographic for every property. Um, the properties that are hurting, it usually boils down to one of the five P's, you know, our, 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 our basics, right? So um, I, anybody, C, B, A class um, needs those foundational technology um, platforms and um, people platforms. What are the five P's? Product, price, place, promotion, and people. And people okay. really should be number one. Price yeah. should really be last. Look at everything else first and then, then price. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, Karen, thanks for joining us. It's great information. I enjoyed chatting with you today. Oh, I enjoyed chatting with you too, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. All right. And thank you for joining us around the country. Uh, let us know what you think. Do you have some ideas on leasing and getting more people, uh, more prospective tenants in the door, getting uh, more of those prospective tenants as tenants? Let us know what you think. Thanks for sharing the show. Thanks for, for connecting with us. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Appreciate the show? Consider referring business or doing business with our sponsors. Bull Realty is a commercial real estate sales, leasing, and advisory firm doing business throughout the Southeast, headquartered in Atlanta. Visit bullrealty.com for more information. Vista Property Report slash CRE Show. Incredible analysis using smartphone technology.
Commercial Agent Success Strategies provides video training for commercial agents. This training gets five-star reviews from even the most experienced brokers. Learn more at CommercialAgentSuccess.com. You're invited to connect with us on your favorite social media. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't miss a show of special interest to you. Be sure and subscribe to the show on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. And at the show website, CREshow.com, you can subscribe for a weekly email announcing the show topic and guest. While you're there, you also found more videos and podcasts. Thank you for watching or listening to America's Commercial Real Estate Show.